0: Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew. At Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew zero sugar possible. You have no reason not to try it, as in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew zero sugar. It's zero sugar, all Dew.
2: Welcome back, everyone. This is the XON. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Digital Broadcast Network, the Digital Satellite Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, and in Europe on Radio X. Just chatting with the, the two guests that we have this hour before we went on air, Exxonation, I Nation, I've got to share with you what I shared with them. I love their energy. They're a mother and daughter paranormal investigation team. Uh, they are um, packed paranormal. They're in North Carolina, and uh, we have Steph on the line with us. We also have Martha, her mom. And ladies, welcome to the Exon.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Steph. Whose
2: idea was packed paranormal?
1: It was actually the spirits' idea.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Oh. In 2009, we were actually chased by a shadow figure, Mm -hmm. and the curiosity kind of got the best of us, so Uh we kind of decided to go back and try to find answers, and that led us to decide to investigate.
2: So tell me, did you ever find out who that spirit figure was and why they were chasing you? I mean, besides, you gals are a lot of fun.
1: We have some ideas. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of history at the location, which is where the Kirkland Bushwhackers did a lot of their massacres and murders but we're not sure if they're related because this kind of seems more of a darker entity. Mm -hmm. So we're not entirely sure. It's still a mystery.
2: So Martha, let me ask you, what was Mm -hmm. your motherly instinct when you started being chased by this, this shadow figure or this dark figure?
3: Okay. Um, the reason that I went down there was I wanted to see what was chasing my daughter. Ah, I need to protect my daughter at all costs. So, uh, my instinct was that maybe it was something uh, that just sort of guarded the property mm-hmm. and sort of chased anyone that came around. I'm still not 100% sure, but I, I think it was like a bad entity.
2: Well, let me, ask, let me ask you this, Steph. What was it that happened in your life? I mean, was, it, was this the sole reason why you and your mom formed Pact, or had there been previous experiences that you both had uh, encountered that led up to this decision after being chased by the the dark figure or the shadow figure that, hey, you know what? We're going to find out what the heck is going on, Mom. Are you in with me or are you out?
1: (laughs) Actually, when I was 13 years old, I had several small encounters, but it wasn't those that you knew were paranormal because Mm -hmm. I was too young to actually piece things together. Right. But as I began thinking about it, I realized that those things were encounters of the paranormal. One was a penny that hopped across the floor by itself, and my dog actually seen it first. Uh It would hop into the floor, um, it was hopping on the floor, and it would hop up, spin around one time, and fall down. And it did that four times. And there were several other things. I had something say hello in my ear when I was about 13 as well. And then after the shadow figure, that was just our final confirmation, and we knew this is what we were called to do.
2: You were called to do it. I like the conviction in your voice. And um, what was your thought, Martha, when Steph came home and said, you know what, Mom, we're going to form a pact. We're going to form a pact to find out what the heck is going on, and we're going to call ourselves pact investigations. Pact paranormal investigations, I'm sorry.
3: Oh, I was all for it, actually. Very enthused Mm -hmm. because... um, I never saw anything really like that. And when I saw it, then, of course, I wanted to prove it to everyone else. I want to prove to all the skeptics out there that this stuff, these spirits exist, these entities. And, uh, yeah, I was all for the group.
2: Since the group's founding, how many investigations have you been on?
1: Um, Probably around 50 or so. Wow.
2: That's a lot of spirits for two young ladies.
1: Oh, yeah. They seem to find us, though. A lot of our things have happened when they came to us. So,
0: hmm. yeah.
2: Interesting. Ladies, we have to take a two minute break here. We'll be right back. XO Nation Stephanie and Martha are our guests this hour. They are the founders of Packed Paranormal Investigations, and their website is www.packedparanormalinvestigations.youla.site. Dot com, And uh, we'll be back on the other side sharing examples and sharing stories of the paranormal from North Carolina here in the X-Zone as we continue from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always send me an email. I love getting your emails, and I've got to tell you something, x Nation. A lot of you have wicked sense of humors. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Stephanie and Martha our guests this hour. They're with Packed Paranormal Investigations. Their website is Um How long, well, let me ask you this. Besides being chased by the shadow figure, where has been the most craziest or scariest investigations or investigation that you two have done together?
1: In all honesty, that would be my house.
2: (laughs) Okay. Tell us about it.
1: Um, That's what our book's about. But we actually resided with a demon. And we had all sorts of things happening that involved us losing someone very dear to us. But Mm -hmm. we had things that would go flying off the walls. We had shadows that would go everywhere. I have a son that speaks of seeing things. He was the one that identified that there was a demon in the house at the age of three. And he saw the demon crawling on the ceiling, and then he's seen things ever since in the house. We actually had to get someone of the Native American culture to help us get rid of it.
2: Now, did you know that the house that you were living in was haunted at the time you moved in?
1: No, we had no idea.
2: Wow. And how long after you had been in the house did the paranormal activity start?
1: This is the house I actually grew up in.
2: Okay, so I moved
1: back in with my parents after a bad marriage mm-hmm. and things kind of started happening which we didn't realize to be paranormal until later on when we actually started seeing things and my son started speaking of things mm-hmm. and that got to where my dogs wouldn't even go in certain rooms, they'd mm-hmm. just bark and growl. It's just a mess.
2: <laughs> so this this evil entity, who is it? Who was it? How did you get rid of it, or is the evil still there?
1: Um, it's not there any longer. It had to flee just based on the ridding technique that the Native American culture did. But it took us about three weeks to get rid of it, but we're not entirely sure what it was. But I can mention that it was close to the devil himself. So, yeah, it was
2: but why
0: a you? long
1: journey.
2: But why you? What did you do to provoke such negativity in your life?
1: We didn't provoke anything. It was actually attached to my father. Um, I think it preyed upon his vulnerabilities when he was battling depression.
2: So, all right, I, I understand. I understand that. But how long after you 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 grew up in the house, right? Yes. Okay, and. At the time you moved out, was your dad dealing with, with depression at that time? Um, yes. Okay. You moved out. You moved back home after a failed marriage. I'm very sorry to hear that, by the way. But that's all. That. My, my question being, at this time, if, if this was happening prior to you leaving the first time, I mean with the negativity and you're attributing the attachment to the negativity caused by your dad's uh, depression... Was there any paranormal activity happening at that time before you moved out?
1: Um, very small. It wasn't very noticeable. I know I didn't notice much myself, except you know the penny thing that I had, and he just kept getting worse, like his demeanor. And I will say the house did feel a little bit. The air was heavy, if you know what I mean. But
2: sure do. There yeah. was
1: no like definite signs at that time. It was when I came back. It was that year that I came Mm -hmm. back that everything just got out of control.
2: I hope you don't take what I'm going to say the wrong way, but the fact that you yourself went through a failed marriage, that is very traumatic on a family. You've got a little guy. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that it was you? who brought the negativity with you? And that the um, fact that the fact that your dad's depression was present there was just a coincidence.
1: I don't think it was me that brought it back because my mom even though it wasn't necessarily paranormal factors mm-hmm. when she was still living there with my dad, she was witnessing him change so dramatically. Mm-hmm. And it was just I don't know, it was just such a rapid okay. change with him.
2: So you said that you had to use Native American techniques in order to get rid of the negativity. How did they do that?
1: Well, he started with the basic saging, mm-hmm. just like most ridding rituals start. Um, I know he did sage, and he has a complete washing technique, which we had to do as well before we got to the house. Um, but the last and final thing he did, we are not aware of. It was a secret ritual, and we could not be present for it.
2: Okay. How is your son now that the entity is gone? And how is your dad now that the entity is gone?
1: Um, my son is okay. He sees things on a regular basis, but mm-hmm. my father is no longer with us.
2: I'm sorry to hear that. Did... At the time of your father, did your father die? Yes. Okay. At the time of the passing of your dad, did the entity's presence grow stronger or weaker?
1: When my dad was still here, mm-hmm. it it was kind of just the same. You could see the, the energy kind of got more intense, but the things that were happening were just like little small things. Like we had some things move that were unexplained. I see or we would see the shadows or these balls of light. But it was after he was gone that the entity made itself fully known. So I think that's when it was released from him. It had nowhere else to go, you know.
2: So who was the entity?
1: Uh, Rob, may I interrupt, please?
3: Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, Actually, after my husband passed away, Mm -hmm. Uh, just to be honest, he double broke out in the house. And that's when we realized from what we saw what wow. all was, had really been happening all along. And, um, I mean, all the things we saw and heard mm-hmm. was just horrific. And it was actually a demon in the house mm-hmm. trying to destroy my family. And I actually have a a big... Revenge, wish for this certain entity mm-hmm. that came into my house and tried to destroy my family, right? And took something very precious away. Mm-hmm. But actually, everything came together for us realizing what was going on was after my husband's passing.
2: All right, your your daughter said that the the demon, you know, basically showed himself, and and mm-hmm. I I asked. Who was the demon?
1: We don't have a name for it, but the Native American mm-hmm. that helped us was actually able to see a entity, and he chased it from room to room, and he stated that he cornered it in my son's bedroom, and it was forced to flee. And he said it was about three feet tall and resembled a monkey.
2: Okay. Since that time were the evil... Sp- evil spirit was tossed out by the Native American. Has there been any ne- any more negative paranormal activity happening within the house?
1: Um, not necessarily. My son sees things mm-hmm. that I've not experienced myself. I know he's talked of seeing a stick man in the house, which mm-hmm. he's terrified of, which he'll see some things that he's not afraid of and some right. things that he is, but he does speak of being afraid of a stick man.
2: With all the negativity that happened in the house, why would you want to stay there?
1: My dad was so attached to that place and mm. I just couldn't bear to let it go just like that. Wow. I just I'm staying there for him to show that we are stronger and that he gets to keep his house in one way.
2: Has your dad ever showed himself to you since his passing?
1: Um he's not shown himself to me like I couldn't actually see him, but he's mm-hmm. done things for me. Okay. And my son has actually seen him. He's seen him the day after he passed away. How old
2: is your son, by the way?
1: He ju- He's five now. Oh, He was a, three at the time.
2: What a cute age. Let me ask you, what is the biggest challenge of paranormal investigating that, that you both are
1: facing? The biggest challenge for all paranormal investigators is how misunderstood the topic is. It's something that's not yet proven by science. So there's so many people out to stop you or not support what we're doing. But as a whole, you just got to keep pushing through. And like I said, we have a calling for this. So we're going to get through any obstacles. And our main goal is to try to prove the skeptics wrong.
2: So are, are you, are, do you think that this is a, a fight between good and evil?
1: Very much so. Yes. yes.
2: Okay. Then why haven't you become members of the clergy?
1: Well, that's another misunderstood topic. It's not It's not looked at in a good way, especially in our area. So that wouldn't be a route to go. That's some more people that do not support us. Okay. And we're not here to upset anyone or try to fit in anywhere. Sure, we're just okay. trying to find answers for ourselves. And hopefully those answers will be able to reflect and help others.
2: See, that, that contradicts what you're saying. You know, you're trying to f- get find answers for yourself and hopefully mm-hmm. help others. So, mm-hmm. you know, how, how, how do you explain that, you know?
1: If I can find the answers for myself, I can mm-hmm. share what I've found oh, with I others, and hopefully it'll help them as well.
2: Gotcha. Now, you said that you're misunderstood. How are you misunderstood, and who misunderstands
1: you? Society. Society is, I don't know, it's so harsh. When it's something that they don't understand or something they don't want to believe to exist, then they're going to be completely shunning of the topic. Mm -hmm. So we just try to do our best to prove to society that what we're doing is not meant to be in the wrongdoing, like so many think that we're out summoning demons or something mm-hmm. to that effect, but we're not. We're just simply looking for answers.
2: And you say that there's a lot of non-support for you and what you're doing. There Is I this am. also by the members of society that you were describing?
1: In our area, yes.
2: All right, ladies, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Stephanie and Martha with Packed Paranormal Investigations are our guests this hour and their website is com. and we'll all be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Send me your emails. I love getting them. Also, tell me if you're a believer or a skeptic. Send your emails to Exxon at dot TV.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <laughs> everyone. Stephanie and Martha are our guests this hour. They're with Packed Paranormal Investigations. Their website is packedparanormalinvestigations.yolasite.com. How do, you know, I, I can understand some people being skeptical. Here at Mountain Dew,
0: we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary? Not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew? Important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the do. At Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. You have no reason not to try it, as in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar, all do. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished the new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows. So you can do this and this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the
2: walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com local today. To and I can understand some people not being supportive uh, and other people not being believers, but how can, how can all these television shows dealing with ghost hauntings, things that go bump in the night, be so successful if if that there's so much of what you two lovely ladies seem to come across all the time as being misunderstood and non-supportive?
1: Well, we live in a small town, for one, so Mm -hmm. the people around us, I think they're more scared of what we do. They're kind of afraid. But the paranormal shows, that gives them kind of a way to... They can watch, but they don't have to show their support or mm-hmm. not support to try to prove something to anyone else. So I think people are interested in it, but they're afraid of it. And to us, they just don't want to show their support in our small town.
2: So so Martha, what sets your team apart from the most other teams that are out there? And are you the only team in your town?
3: Uh, yes, we are. Wow. The only team in our town. I know exactly what sets us apart. I think we're braver than most paranormal groups because we're after the evidence. And when something bad happens, we don't run. Mm -hmm. We run toward whatever's happening because we want the evidence to prove to all the skeptics that this is uh, very, very real, which I understand when someone don't believe, because we were skeptics at one time. Mm -hmm. but uh, once you see it, then you know, and then you have a desire to prove it to everyone else.
2: What kind of evidence have you, have you established so far to show the skeptics, to, to try and win them over?
1: Well, my son is awesome evidence. Anybody can come near him, and he can tell you things that you wouldn't believe. let's no, to, let's, evidence,
2: let's, get to have... let's get to physical evidence here, not hearsay evidence.
1: Um, we have several recordings that we've gotten that's really neat. We've experimented with all the different types of communication. Mm-hmm. And we have several things we'd be trying to get. Like, for instance, we were trying to contact my dad and we asked for his name. And we simply got the reply, no, he's not here. And it stated his name. We've had several actual communication devices come through.
2: I understand that you are writing a book. Tell me about the book.
1: Um, Yes, it just went out. It should be available um, in three days from today. So Mm -hmm. it's all about our journey with the paranormal and especially about the demon I told you about. It's got all the details that we went through from the beginning to where we lost my dad and where we are now as we move forward with our journey. It's called What Doesn't Kill You.
2: Mm -hmm. And... When you and your team go out to do an investigation, how do you proceed?
1: The first thing we do is before you get out all the equipment or anything, we go and try to kind of get adapted to the area, pick up on your own vibes, and try to just gather anything we can ourselves. And that's when we actually try to use equipment to aid in intensifying the effect and gathering further evidence.
2: So what do you do once you gather the evidence?
1: We take that and Mm -hmm. after we analyze it, it's really hard to obtain something that you think is true evidence. It's just something that we take a long time and distinguish from, but once we do we just put it out there to share it with everyone.
2: And what has been your strongest uh, your strongest piece of evidence to date?
1: basically the messages from my dad. I've had several occasions where we got direct answers and several different questions and that's my favorite evidence so far because not, I know everybody can't physically feel it like we do but mm-hmm. when we were communicating, when the actual answers came through for us, we could feel it as well.
2: So what kind of investigation cases have you included in your book? Or is your book basically a a biography of, of your own experiences.
1: That's basically what it is. It's about our experiences. It mainly focuses mm-hmm. on the demonic encounter in my home and what all we went through, the different stages we went through with that, but we also included a few other stories just to show that there's so many different aspects of the paranormal. It's not all bad. It's not all good. It's just a mixture of things.
2: And where did you ladies get your expertise when it comes to investigating the paranormal?
1: it all was a learn as you go. We, we began when we first saw the shadow figure and we were just just dead set on figuring out what was down there or at least documenting that or something. We decided we were going to research anything and everything that involved the paranormal, whether it be books online, just anything we could do. And we found the similarities between all of them. And we just kind of did learn as you go and develop our own techniques.
2: And how uh, the investigations that you've done within your community, how have they been supported by those people who have asked you to help?
1: Um, People are always reluctant to ask for help. Mm -hmm. But once they realize that when we get there, we are just solely there to help, we're just trying to establish safety for them, make them feel better about what they're experiencing – they seem to become a lot more, like they realize a lot more that it's okay what we do. Mm -hmm. We're just there to help people. That's our main goal.
2: But how much uh, about what you do is actually real compared to the placebo effect?
3: Well, everything that we do basically is real witness death. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't do fake. We don't do... No,
2: no, no, no. That's not what we I was... We always
3: debunk everything. No, no,
2: that's not what I was getting at. What oh, I was getting at, at what? is somebody calls you into their house because they believe that they have a presence, an entity, a ghost, a spirit, mm-hmm. whatever you would like to call it in their house. You go in and you basically do your investigation. And the question is, how much of the how many times do you go in do an investigation where just by the presence of you and your team being there is good enough to cause the effect in the mind of the people who have brought you in that they are no longer bothered by whatever this entity, the spirit, or this ghost may be? That's why I asked oh. just by being there, you know, compared to oh. actually finding something. What is the percentage of finding something compared to the placebo effect or the psychosomatic effect of, of you being there,
3: um, Rob? When 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 several people at once like see mm-hmm. doors open, closing them by themselves, cabinet doors. And, I mean, you pretty well know that that's not placebo effect. And then, of course, we always use God, mm-hmm. like to get rid of like a bad entity. But all things are not bad. Sometimes it, God allows your loved ones. To
1: visit for different reasons. It's kind of like a 50-50. Yeah. Most of the time we go there, we can really determine that they do, in fact, have something going on. And we do have to do repercussions. But there is other times that they think that, okay, I've got a paranormal team here. Everything's fine. So,
2: What kind of equipment do you ladies use?
1: We have... A lot of the different ones you see on TV, but I love to use anything to do with spirit communication. We've Mm -hmm. got the ovuluses, the spirit boxes. We even um, use the communication apps sometimes. We've got all the, you know, infrared lighting, the EMF detectors, K2 meters, just basically the same as you see on TV.
2: So what are you hoping to do? What is that all conclusive proof that you're hoping to find?
1: We just mainly want to look for closure and find a way to get that closure. I hope that one day it won't just be us. I know science is working towards it, too. I hope that they can realize that there is a such thing as life after death. And any little pieces we can do to put together and make a small bit, a step towards proof, then we've succeeded.
2: Why do you think it's so important that we establish whether or not there's life after death? Like, here it is, the year 2015. The fact that, to this point, it hasn't been uh, proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that life does go on after death. You know, it hasn't hindered our development any. So why do we really need to find this?
1: It's more of a Mm self-reasoning. I just want to prove everything to everyone, so they can realize how personal this world can get, especially when you deal with something like we do. Like Mm -hmm. we've dealt with a demon, for instance, and it got to a personal level. We just want to prove to people that there is good and bad, and sometimes there's consequences.
2: All right, let let me throw this hypothesis at you. Tomorrow you and your team go out. You find the proof that there is good, there is evil, that there is life after death. What happens after that?
3: Well, I think it would be great for for everyone to realize that because it's uh, very true. Just like uh, mm-hmm. one thing I can think of that was like a proof to me was a, a, a little older lady that I love very much. Her name was Midgie. Passed away. And maybe a couple of months later on her office one night, a message came through and it said, it said Meiji. It said Jesus, and it said happy.
1: So that was just
3: that was just extra proof for me.
1: Maybe it can instill hope in others. Mm-hmm. That would be the main goal—to let them know that this is, this isn't it. There's something else out there, and but, even if you're going through something terrible like we did, mm-hmm. you're not finished. But religion, still got,
2: but isn't that what religion is supposed to do?
3: Yeah, religion. I mean. And there's lots of kind of religions. Mm-hmm. Most of it involves the same God, I think.
2: Right, and, and you know, you uh, know, God
3: loves everyone. Sure,
2: and, and you know, and the, gives us, you've got the resurrection you know, and you've got other people yes. who believe in reincarnation. So it's not as if that society has had a, a closed mind to the paranormal. No. But I, I, you know, I, I often wonder why now in this, time and age it seems that the great quest for the paranormal only came after the ufo tv series and the attention that ufo investigators got that ghosts became the next you know the next topic for television shows and how much how much of the media hype is actually contributed to the growth of the paranormal industry
3: uh, uh, Rob, I think a lot of people, they have lots and lots of people we mm-hmm. have realized have had experiences and they've been afraid to say, and yeah. it's, it's all starting to come out more because they've had experiences themselves. they can relate, and they're not as afraid to say that they have saw something. They don't, you know, they used to think, people would think they were just crazy.
2: Yeah, I, I but agree. And now
3: more and more people tell us that they have, you know, have saw ghosts, spirits, angels.
2: Or they have seen something that they can't identify, and the human brain, yes, uh-huh. yes. Yes. and the human brain, and this is a scientific fact: when it doesn't understand something, it will fill something in. Mm-hmm. So, how many of the so-called ghost sightings, uh, spirits, are real compared to something that the person who is making the the observation is not actually seeing a ghost, but something that the brain fills in the blank with.
3: I think most of it is real. That's what I think. What do you think, Stephanie? I think 80% of it's real, maybe 20%. is just your mind or imagination, mm-hmm. especially when several people see the same thing at, you know, at once. Yeah,
1: simultaneously. There's,
3: there's no doubt, you know. You,
2: you do realize that there is scientific evidence that people can actually pass on suggestion visual suggestion to another person in a in a in an area where everyone believes they're going to see something or hear something that Uh, this that this is a well-known scientific and medical anomaly
3: yeah but everybody's mind if if you've not talked about it you Mm -hmm. just show up and everybody sees exactly the same thing at the same second nobody's talked about what they're going to see And I mean that's that's proof when everybody sees exactly the same thing at the same time.
2: Well, it, it, would, it would be it would be proof to some people, but to other people, it's not proof. So we can't take that we can't yeah. take a biased and ignore the yeah. what the other people believe in as well. Because it's so I found this so with with people who who investigate the paranormal that they get really ticked off when people do not believe what they believe. And yet...
3: oh, no, no. No, no, no. I didn't believe it until it started happening to me and mm-hmm. I didn't ask for it yeah I just yeah. had it happen and I was a skeptic but I'm no longer a skeptic S-
2: so what do you th- what do you think about all these so-called reality TV shows that are on now when it comes to the paranormal are they an asset or are they a hindrance to true paranormal investigations
1: well'. No, they can be an asset by making awareness, but they can also be a hindrance. And it's all just so repetitive, and I feel that we need something more complex. Yeah. I don't know. Um, something that shows more of what we do instead of just standing in the dark. You know, <laughs> More of the thought processes, like more of the feelings and thought processes should be displayed.
2: You know, right now in the United States, there is over 16,000 paranormal investigation groups that focus on spirits, ghosts, and and other aspects of that paranormal, how come that all conclusive evidence has not been established yet, with over 16,000 groups going out there each and every night?
3: Well... There has been a lot of evidence, hasn't there, Stephanie? It just of depends stuff.
1: how people perceive it. there have been a lot, a of, lot of stuff. A lot of things yeah. that certain people would perceive as evidence that others don't. It's just, like I said, mm-hmm. paranormal is such a unique topic. It's not something that's been explained yet, so everybody has to come up with their own terms and own conditions of whether or not they're going to believe this is evidence or it's not.
2: And where do paranormal investigators draw the line between being respectful to the dead and being disrespectful to the dead.
1: We're very respectful at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, we treat them just as if they were still here in the physical world with us because supposedly they were people too, so they need to be treated as but so. you
2: see, you just said something that contradicts what you've been saying all, all all this hour. What's that? You said as if they were people.
3: Well, no. Some of them were people, that got Well, there's out. dark entities, too. Yeah, that's a different story. And our, we don't right. know yet. So we, we always really. try
1: to go in as respectful. We do not yeah. respect demons. We all are. right,
2: ladies, we've got to take our final break for this hour. Exo Nation, uh, Martha and Stephanie are our guests there with pa- uh, Paranormal Investigations. I'm sorry, com, And we'll be back on the other side as we wrap up this segment here in the Exxon with yours truly rob mcconnell Welcome back, everyone. Stephanie and Martha are our guests. They are with uh, Packed Paranormal Investigations. Their website is pactparanormalinvestigations.yolacite.com. And during the break, um, Martha asked me a question if I was a believer or a skeptic. And it's very simple. I want to believe, but I want proof. It's that simple. You know? Sure. My training as, as, a, as a criminal investigator has taught me to seek out evidence, to seek out proof. And that is one thing, whether they are UFO investigators, whether they are Sasquatch investigators, whether they're investigating the Loch Ness Monster, whatever the case is, there is no proof to this day. That would meet my my burden of proof. That would meet the judicial burden of proof. And I often wonder what would happen if the scientific community did get involved in the, Stephanie and Martha and uh-huh. they proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that the paranormal has nothing to do with the, the dearly departed. It has nothing to do with demonology, but is actually a reflection or a memory that we who are left behind... Are not creating ourselves.
3: Well, I have to say again, Rob. When something happens that a whole bunch of people sees at the same time that has not been discussed and but, it's exactly the same, but that has been nobody proven, imagined it.
2: That has been proven to be false you, because it has been proven that when a group of people go into an area with the expectation of seeing something or hearing something that the illusion can actually be passed by uh, ESP and tele- telepathic powers. We, we know this to be real.
1: Um, well, We need to prove it to you, don't we, Rob? What if they weren't expecting it, though? Yeah. Like, if you're going somewhere and mm-hmm. everybody sees everybody, but nobody was expecting anything, they're not looking for it. it's all right, just I'm, all just, yeah.
2: I'd like you to do something for me right now, Stephanie. Look yes. at the floor. Are you looking mm-hmm. at the floor? Why did you do that?
1: Yeah. Because you told me to. Bingo. Yeah, but, but... I wouldn't be telling these people to do it. Like, I'm just saying, we're all people... standing here, and all of a sudden, everybody just starts yelling about the same thing. And
2: they had no expectation whatsoever that a paranormal mm-hmm. event had been discussed, or no, that...
3: No, no. No, what if you're somewhere, like, it's... having a party, and everybody's just having fun, and then something happens that nobody expects, mm-hmm. and everybody sees it? And I'm pretty sure that they all start,
1: if they was all simultaneously just telling everybody about it. Like they all yeah. was just talking about it together. North it's not Ca- like one figured it.
3: North yeah, Carol- and what if the door flies open and the everything comes crashing off of a cabinet? Yeah. I mean, and nobody expected it. Nobody wanted it. It just happened.
2: All right, I can explain a what a, what what a possibility for the party could be. And you and I were discussing this before the show. Good old mm-hmm. North Carolina moonshine.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. We don't well, do no. Can't be
2: investigated. They have to be separate. But we were talking about things happening at a party, ladies. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, I want to thank you both for coming on the show tonight. We've got to say so long. But uh, once, once again, thanks so much. And we hope to uh, hear more from you in the, in the future. Oh, by the way, Nation, Uh Martha's son is in the TV reality show, I believe, called Moonshiners. If you'd like to get more information on Packed Paranormal Investigations, their website is pactparanormalinvestigations.yolacite.com. And I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Send me your emails, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. Tell me whether you're a believer or a skeptic. Once again, I want to believe, but I want proof. It's that plain. It's that simple. I want proof. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie. Not important. Keeping a diary? Not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew? Important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew. At Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. You have no reason not to try it, as in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar, all do. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished a new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows. So you can do this and this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com local today.